Well, good morning, folks. It's good to see everyone here today, and I do indeed give you a very warm word of welcome. And the emphasis is on warm, for it is very hot, and it's going to get hotter up here for me today. Uh, but it's, nonetheless, it's very good to see you all here. And uh, if you're online watching, we do give you a special word of welcome. Now, we do have a, a special word of welcome for our brother Sam Houston that's with us today, all the way from Northern Ireland. He's uh, a longtime friend of this uh, congregation, and we're glad to see him here today. And I also want to bring greetings. Uh, he sent, they send greetings from his church back in Northern Ireland, the Reverend Kenny, who is also no stranger to this congregation. He sends greetings from his church there in Dromore in Northern Ireland. And now, so the first hymn that I want to uh, sing today is uh, hymn number 189, 189. Stand to sing. seated. Well, I guess by now you gather that Dr. Saunders is not preaching today, or not here today. And of course, most of you will know by now that uh, Dr. Saunders has uh, come down with COVID and is uh, hopefully recovering very quickly. And uh, we're going to declare him well, whether he's well or not, for next week. Uh, Nonetheless, I'm here today, and I'm wondering now why I agreed to this. Especially when I see our brother James here, I was I was 
convinced that he wasn't back until after tomorrow night. But nonetheless, I agreed to it, so I'm here, and you're going to have to put up with me today. Uh, we also had a, a tremendous time of fellowship up at the college yesterday, and it was one of those bittersweet moments where we were glad for the fellowship, and it was good to see them, but we bid our farewells to them as they're leaving uh, and heading over to BC to be closer to their daughter and uh, where she can care for them better. And it was a nice time of fellowship, and as I say, it was bittersweet to say our goodbyes to them, and we want to keep them in our prayers. So with that said, I think we should bow and commit this meeting to the Lord in prayer. Let us all pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear God, for this one day in seven where we can draw aside to worship a holy God. What a privileged people we are, Lord, that we have access to the throne of grace in and through the blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we bring this meeting before thee this day, asking you, dear God, to come and to help us to worship thee, Lord, with clean hands and a pure heart. O God in heaven, I pray, Lord, for every believer here this morning that thou would help them to hear the word of God. In spite of my stammerings, in spite of my insufficiencies, Lord, I pray that you would undertake. Yea, Lord, O God, that thou would take up the slack. For, Lord, I know that I am wanting, but nonetheless, Lord, I stand here And I pray, Lord, that you would use me, Lord, even in the reading of the Word of God, Lord, that it would indeed speak to people this day. And God, I ask you, Lord, that you would help. And Lord, that you would undertake for others, Lord, in this congregation that is not saved. I pray for them, O Lord, that this would be the day when they find Jesus as their own and personal Savior. O God in heaven, that thou would take, Lord, the the blinkers, as it were, from their eyes that they might see their sinful state before a holy God, that they might see their helpless state before a holy God. And their only hope is in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that this would be the day that souls would be saved. And, Lord, for those that are watching online, that thou would help them. I pray, Lord, perhaps there is those that have just tuned in by chance, as it were. But, Lord, we know there's nothing happens by chance. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to them and that you would help them, O God, to receive the word of God with joy in their hearts. And God in heaven, that thou would help this land of Canada. Lord, we continue to bring it before thee. For, Lord, we're looking for that revival, Lord. We're looking for you to pour your spirit out upon this land. God, it is in a great need. And, Lord, it is waxing worse and worse. O Father in heaven, have mercy upon Canada. God, I pray, Lord, that you would remember this place. Remember your people, Lord. We're crying unto you, Lord, for a breath of revival. And we know, Lord, that it is the only thing that will solve the problems of this land. It is the only thing that will solve the problems of the world. O God in heaven, it is in a desperate state. And Lord, we bring these matters before thee. And Lord, they are waxing worse and worse. And God, we are asking you to keep us steadfast in the faith, regardless of what happens regardless of who says what, or regardless of who departs from the faith. Help us, Lord, to keep steadfast in the faith. I pray, Lord, that you would breathe into us the Holy Spirit daily and help us, Lord, to defend thy word. Help us to defend thy cause. God in heaven, we want not to go home, Lord. Lord, with our heads hung in shame that we have let our Savior down. But Lord, help us, O God, to be able to cry as Paul cried. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. 
Lord, I pray, Lord, that that would be our testimony. That is the desire of our hearts, but we are not able, Lord, to fulfill it. No, Lord, unless you touch us, unless you come amongst us, unless you breathe in us, that holy might that you breathed into Gideon, well, I pray that you would breathe that holy might into us, Lord, that we would stand fast. So, God, I commit this meeting unto thee. I ask you, Lord, to be one of our number today. I ask you, dear God in heaven, that you would expel the devil from this meeting. And Lord, every demon of hell. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would have free access and free course, Lord, to speak to every waiting heart. So God, use me now according to thy will. I commit this meeting unto thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Our second hymn is 515. And again, we'll stand to sing this great hymn, Jesus Shall Lead Me. 515. ask you to turn in your Bibles uh, today to uh, Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. I want to read some verses from this great portion of Scripture. I'll read from verse 1 through verse 13 of Numbers chapter 20. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, 
into the desert of Zin. In the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there, and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation, and the people gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses, and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have ye brought up the, the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And therefore have, wherefore have ye made us to come up out of the Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is, it, it is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation on their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. Amen. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own divine word. So the announcements are as follows. Yeah, both morning and evening, the preacher will be Alec Newell, or at least that's what it says here. And the As I said already, he is wondering why he agreed to this. But nonetheless, that's who it's going to be. So don't forget about our pre-service prayer time at uh, 5.50 this afternoon. And uh, there we'll meet with the Lord and ask him to bless us again tonight. And uh, do uh, remember the Wednesday night uh, prayer time and Bible study at 7.30. And God willing, Dr. Saunders will be back again uh, to bring that word. And then a Friday night, of course, at 6 uh, p.m., uh, there is, uh, till 9 p.m., there is the gym night. Now there's a, an advanced announcement here. We, we are looking forward to the visit of uh, a brother, Mr. Jonathan Eccles. Uh, he is a Whit- Whitfield student uh, from the seminary in Northern Ireland, and he has been over in Cloverdale for quite a number of weeks filling the pulpit there. But on his way home, he's traveling through Canada and preaching in the churches. And God willing, he will be with us on the evening, um, on the the, the August 21st. And uh, so remember that date, August 21st. But in the evening, 
we will be moving our fellowship forward one week uh, from the end of the month uh, in order that he will get an opportunity to mix with the congregation and to, to have some fellowship with him that we might indeed get to know him better. So do remember those uh, meetings. And uh, next Lord's Day services will be Dr. Saunders, as I've said, God willing, will be taking services. And then, let's see what else. Uh, do remember uh, the Friday the 26th of August, and that will be the second part of uh, the Sunday School Seminar. It will be uh, at 7 p.m. And taking, God willing, taking that meeting will be the Reverend Ian Gallagher. So remember that meeting, especially those that are, have an interest in uh, Sunday School teaching. Uh, with special prayer requests, uh, brethren, you do have the list before you in your, in your emails or in your phones. Uh, do remember our brother Ron and Pastor Bodner, Dr. McClellan, Serene Wong, and Stephen and Carol Kelly, as I said. And remember Anne, Anna Tan. And of course, Christian, Christian, uh, Whitfield Christian Schools will be recommencing again in September. So remember that there is much uh, to do. And uh, remember as they begin to prepare uh, for the recommencing again of that uh, great work. So I think that's all the announcements, and we're going to, to, I guess we will remain seated for this hymn. is 312 through 312, and uh, we'll remain seated for this great hymn. first. Let us all stand.
You may be seated. Could I ask you now to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17? Again, I'm going to do, read some verses from Exodus chapter 17. I want to read uh, verses 1 through 7. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sin, after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses, and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Amen. We know the Lord will indeed bless the reading of his word. Let us bow in a moment's prayer and again commit this meeting to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that, O God, that you would use the reading of your word to encourage your people, that to speak to your people, Lord, we know that you indeed are speaking directly to your people, Lord, even through this word. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you would help them, and that you would deliver them from every doubt, every fear, every uh, fear of uh, what would, might bring them to, to even doubt the Lord. But God, we ask you, Lord, that you would encourage us this day. I pray again, Lord, that you would fill me afresh now with the blessed Holy Spirit, O Holy Ghost, come upon me and help me, Lord, to speak the word with truth. Lord, bring to mind all the things that you would have me to say. And Lord, deliver me from, from saying things that you would have me not to say. So God, I commit this meeting afresh unto you, asking your blessing upon this Sabbath day. We pray this in Jesus' name. This Bible reading that we've read here now took place near the beginning of the journeys of the children of Israel as they journeyed through the wilderness. And it's not to be mixed up with the very similar account that we read earlier in Numbers chapter 20. And uh, when I was thinking about this message, I, uh, I titled it, What's the Big Deal? What's the Big Deal? We will be drawing a lot of parallels from uh, Numbers chapter 20, and we'll be comparing these two passages of Scripture. And as I said, it is not to be mixed up 
Uh, and some people might think that it is just a variation of the same account, but no, it's not, as we will discover. So this, uh, this message that I'm going to bring to you today is two parts. So you're going to have to come back tonight to hear the second part. And maybe I shouldn't tell you that. Nobody will come back now. But anyways, it is two parts because it got rather lengthy and I had to break it into two. And, uh, but uh, we're going to be dealing with mainly Exodus uh, chapter 1 to 7, first of all. And I want to uh, bring to your attention some facts concerning this here and this account of the rock giving forth water. And as I said, it's not at all to be confused with uh, Numbers chapter 20, which I think some people do. So look at uh, the verse 2 of chapter 17, and it says, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? These people were being tested. They were being tested uh, by the Lord, and they were not doing well. They were not doing well at all. And is this not always the case? Or very often the case? We can be absolutely in the will of God and walking in the will of God, and then suddenly there comes a great obstacle in the way, and there seems to be no way forward. What are we to make of such things whenever that happens? Are we to say, well, I tried, and the Lord closed the door and walk away? Is that what we are to say? Or are we to push ahead regardless? And, and then, a, a, even though the Lord appears to have closed the door, we just stubbornly push on ahead. And I have my calling, I have my verses, and I'm going to go ahead. Well, I'm not sure that that's the right way to go either. A, sometimes it's very good to pause and to bring the matter before the Lord again and to ask him, Lord, is, am I in the will of God? Is this your will? Am I walking according as you have ordered me or commanded me? Sometimes that's a very good thing just to reflect on it and to bring that matter before the Lord. But this was not the case. This was because sometimes people can get mixed up. We all can. We think we're doing what the Lord wants us to do, and the Lord completely closes the door sometimes. Sometimes that happens to us all, and we have misunderstood the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that there. It is a genuine mistake, and sometimes in our zeal we do things like that. Uh, but, and the Lord just closes the door for whatever reason. But this was not the case at all with these people here in the, uh, the children of Israel, because the Lord had made it very clear he had made it very clear through the patriarchs and then through the many, many miracles that was done by the Lord through the hand of Moses as he a, a, a brought the great plagues upon Egypt and as he delivered them a, out of Egypt and as he brought them across the Red Sea. And he'd done many tremendous and amazing miracles. And so there, there was no doubt about it at all. There was no excuse for what these people were doing. It was just simply blind unbelief. Blind unbelief is what it was. You see, the problem that Moses had in leading these people out of Egypt, and the, it's estimated that there was approximately two million people that he uh, brought out of Egypt. And as he led them up there, were they all of the same mind? Were they all had the same cause? No, they hadn't. 
It was a mixed multitude. It was a mixed multitude. Is this not the same problem that the church of Jesus Christ has today? And I'm talking about the universal church of Jesus Christ throughout the, the world. And uh, it is a mixed multitude. Even in the evangelical church, it's a mixed multitude. Can we say that we're all of the same mind and we all have the same focus on the Lord? No, unfortunately not. And many, many times people continue to show themselves for what they really are in the way that they live, in the way that they react to things. And you can see that they are not at all trusting in the Lord. They're trusting in themselves. They're trusting in this world. They're trusting in all sorts of things rather than trusting in the Lord. And so there is a mixed multitude in the church today. So we have the same problem. You see, you see in uh, Moses' day, there was many like him who had caught the vision, and they knew that the Lord was doing something amazing. They knew that the Lord was doing something incredible, and that they were with Moses, and they were going forward. Men like Joshua and Caleb, men, men like Ur and, 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 and Aaron, and even Miriam, and, they, and many, many others uh, who had that vision, and they were with Moses wholeheartedly, and they were following God. But then there was others, Koran and Dathan and Abiram, and they were constantly undermining Moses in all that he was trying to do for the Lord. And they were constantly up against him, and they trying to bring him down. And you see that even in the church today, where you see people coming into the church, and it usually starts by just a simple bit of gossip. And they say, did you hear? And of course, at that point, we're all ears, aren't we? It's our nature. We always want to hear something new. We always want to hear something juicy. And we go, yeah? No, I didn't hear. What? What is it? And then they tell you. And then pretty soon that there spreads like wildfire, even through a church. And before you know where you are, you have a congregation acting like a mob-like mentality against either whoever it was that that gossip was against, whether it be the pastor, an elder, or just a member of the church. And this is what happened here in, in uh, Moses' day. These people, they start rumors, and they start all sorts of things. Why has Moses brought us out of Egypt? We had all the good things in Egypt. Oh, yeah, they did. They were slaves. They were in bondage. They were whipped. They were beaten. They were killed. And then they, but they seem to ignore all of that. And, they, and then they just remember the food that they eat and the things that they had. So we have to be very careful, folks. We have to be very careful when we hear someone say, did you hear? Yeah, I'm not saying you don't listen, but you bring that before the Lord. And you say, Lord, is this true? Is, it, is this real? And you say, Lord, you have promised to guide us. You have promised to lead me into all truth. And that's the response we should have. We don't always do that, unfortunately. Instead, we, in turn, turn to someone else and we say, did you hear? And we now are part of the gossip, which might not even be true. It might be no foundation to it. It mightn't be real. But nonetheless, now we're taking part in that lie. We're taking part in that gossip. So we have to be very careful about what we say and what we do. Chiding with Moses was no new, new thing. In fact, this was the story of this man's life. It, it just seemed to be constant and ongoing. I want you to look at the verse 3 of uh, 
Exodus chapter 17. It says, The people thirsted there for water, and they murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses prays unto the Lord. And look carefully to what he says to him. I want you to look at the verse 5. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders, elders of Israel. Horeb means desert. According to Brown's uh, definition or his dictionary, it's another name for Mount Sinai uh, where the law of God was given to Moses. And uh, of course, this is a very, very significant place, a very important place. And the rod also was something very significant. It was something very important. And what does it remind us of when we speak about the rod? And of course, it reminds us of the law of judgment uh, of God, what he was used uh, to bring even the plagues against Egypt. So it was very important too. Uh, the, The river that is spoken about here, I'm not sure. I'm not going to be dogmatic about what he's meaning here. Some people have suggested that it was the Red Sea. Uh, simply because it was a narrow channel at that point, and I guess could be referred to as a river. Uh, But I I tend to lean towards the River Nile, if you want my humble opinion. But again, it really matters not anyways, because the the rod was used on both occasions, and uh, it was the same rod that was used. So we need not to get too uh, tied up in something like that. So I want you to remember that what the rod represents, it represents like the judgment of God, the law of God, and uh, what it is used for. But in the verse 6, rather, it says, God speaking to Moses says, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock. First of all, I want to say, who was speaking to Moses here? Who, Who was this that was talking to Moses? Well, I believe this is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he was going to stand upon this particular rock. And then he commanded Moses to smite it with the rod. To smite it. So it was in fact as though Moses was smiting God. He said, I will stand before thee there upon the rock. And then he says, now smite the rock. And Moses lifted the rod, and he smote the rock. Now remember what the rod represents, what it symbolizes. Of course, the law of God, the judgment of God. Was that not so many years later? Is this not symbolizing so many years later with the Lord Jesus Christ when he hung on Calvary's cross and he was smote by the full wrath of God, not for our sins, but or sorry, not for his sins, but rather for for ours. And the full wrath of God come down upon him there. The rod, if you like, it come down upon him in full force. And he took it and bore 
the price for our sins. You know, when I seen this, when I seen this, I was in, in the house by myself one time, and I was reading through this, and I noticed it. And I'd read through this many, many times before, and I'd never realized what exactly th- that was happening here. But then when I seen w- what Moses was commanded to do was actually to smite the Lord Jesus Christ with the rod. And I, I actually shouted out with a loud voice in the, in the house, I see it. God, now I see it. I can see it. I had never seen it before. And all the times I'd read it, but now I see it. He said, stand, I will stand before thee there upon the rock. And he says, now, lift up your rod and smite it. And of course, this is symbolic. This is symbolic eh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, eh, many years later, dying on the cross. And of course, that rock, that rock was Christ Jesus Well, does the rock, we guess we could ask that question, does the rock represent Christ? Well, this is confirmed by the Apostle Paul. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and the verse 4. So 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That rock was Christ. So there's no doubt about it what this represents. But do you think that Moses had a clear picture about what he was doing there? That puzzled me for a little bit. I I was wondering to myself, did Moses really understand as he lifted that rod to smite the rock, that he was actually smiting God. I really doubt it. I really doubt that he he fully grasped what he was doing. Because this this man loved the Lord. This man was a hero of the faith. He's a mighty man of God. And if if the Lord had commanded him to smite him, I I think Moses would have cried out and said, "I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't lift my hand against my Savior. And is that not what we would cry? We would say, I, I, I can't do it. If the Lord asked me to smite him, I would say, I can't do it, Lord. I, I just can't do that. But yet we did do it. Every one of us did it with our sins because it was our sins that nailed Christ to the cross. So we did smite him. We have our part in that. It was our sins that our Savior died for. I want you to keep this all in mind. And, uh, well, if you, t- if you want to turn to Numbers chapter 20, we've already read those verses, and I'm not going to take the time to read them again, but turn to Numbers chapter 20. So Numbers chapter 20, this portion has many, many similar things. And as I said already, it can be mistaken as just the same account from maybe two different angles. And some people, I think, do that. See, the first time the rock was smitten in Exodus chapter 17, 
And this was near the beginning of the travels of the children of Israel. It was very close to the beginning, not far into it. Of course, we know that they wandered 40 years in the wilderness. But Numbers chapter 20 is near the end of their travels. They're almost ready to enter into the promised land. And, uh, and then this similar event happens again. There is, as I said, many uh, similarities. But it is not the same place. It is not the same people. The people probably in Exodus chapter 17 by this stage are probably mostly, if not all, dead. that took part in that complaining. Their bodies is littered uh, throughout the wilderness. And this is their children. This is their children. And I tell you this, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Sure it isn't. They're of the very same uh, thinking and the same habits of their parents. And I think there's something here that we all could learn from as we bring up our children in the way that they should go. Do they see Christ in us? Well, we hope they do. Do we always act in a godly manner, in a, in a right way? We try, but we don't always. And so what do they remember about us? What do they learn from us? Do they learn from our feelings, from our times that we have let down the Lord? Well, we would want to forget about those times, but they're probably entrenched in our children, and they probably can recall them, and they probably will learn from them, unfortunately. And this is exactly what happened here. The verse 1 tells us that they traveled into the desert of Zin, which means a flat. It's, given, it's, given a, it's a given name to a portion of desert between the Dead Sea and Araba on the east side of Kadesh Barnea. So it is a different people and a different time, a different place. And there's lots of other differences in, in God's commands if we look at them carefully. If you look at the verse 3, and it says, And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that he, we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? I mean, what a ridiculous thing to say. I, 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 I marvel at the grace of Moses in the way that he answered these people and how he put up with them. People often, often make wild statements that they do not believe. I think if I was Moses at that time, or in the shoes of Moses at that time, I would have said to them, so, you want to die? Well, okay, you just stand over there, and you just stand, and make sure you stand in the sun, don't go into the shade, it won't take near as long. I think that's something like I would have said, but not Moses. He was a very gracious man, and he was, he was, he was ever willing to allow himself to be wronged by the people, and, and he had a great love for the people, and a willing, as I said, to allow himself to be wrong. Here in Numbers chapter 20, these complainers were speaking about the many judgments of God, which happened in Exodus, uh, happened after, rather, Exodus 17, such as Korah and his company in the like manner, or as the 14,700 that fell by the pestilence. In Numbers 11 and 1, which they 
which they thought would be an easier death than to die of thirst, either, if they, either, uh, either by the pestilence or, or by the, the earth opening up and swallowing them. They might well call them brethren, but not only were they of the same nation they, and the same blood, uh, probably their children, but and, and closely related to them at least, but they almost used exactly the same language and they were of the same temper, the same disposition. So indeed, they were brethren in iniquity. That's what they were. So they used the same sentiments. See Numbers chapter 14 and the, the verse 2. It says there's, there's other differences as in Exodus uh, sorry, I, I, I sent you wrong there. In Exodus 17, there's other differences uh, in the people uh, which were against Moses. But in Numbers chapter 20, they're against Moses and Aaron. So in Exodus uh, 17, they appear just to be against Moses. And now I have no doubt that Aaron was there. But he doesn't seem to play a very significant role in that uh, event. Whereas when we turn to Numbers chapter 20, it is Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron, constantly. And the two of them seem to be working together there. So he says in Numbers, gather thou the assembly together, which I would take to mean all the children of Israel. He said, so in, in Numbers, in Exodus 17, he told Moses to take with him some of the elders, of, of the elders of the people. A lot of my papers are falling here, sorry. Uh, but uh, which I would take to mean not even all the elders of Israel, but rather just some of them. So there is a significant difference there. Whereas in number 20, he appears to be calling the whole congregation together in order to witness this event. And he says, uh, and he also commands Aaron, his brother, as well. So we can see that Aaron is very much involved in this matter. In the verse 7, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother. And speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. In Exodus 17, Moses is told to smite the rock. But this time he's told only to speak to it. This is a very significant difference. And I want you to hold on to that thought because we will be coming back to it uh, later uh, tonight. So Moses and Aaron, in verse 10, Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, now this is his words, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Well, the first thing we notice here is that Moses and Aaron are working together and their attitude is not good. It is not good at all. You say, must we fetch you water out of this rock? As though the miracle was done by him and not by God. He was taking credit for it. 
So we can see the meekest of all men has fallen here. He has fallen. And it's very sad uh, to see this man fall just before they entered into the promised land. So him and Aaron were taking the credit for this great miracle because he says, must we? So he was including, including Aaron in this here, the two of them together. And Moses, it gets worse, and Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. This is blatant disobedience to the command of God. For remember, remember that they fail upon their faces. In the, in the, in the account in uh, Numbers chapter 20, whenever the people uh, came with their complaints, what did Moses and Aaron do? They, they fell upon their face in, at the, the door of the tabernacle. And they cried unto the Lord, which was the right thing to do. What did the Lord do? The Lord appeared unto them. So they're in the very presence of God when they're in blatant disobedience to the command of God. It's mind-boggling to think how this man fell at this point. But the Lord graciously gave them water to drink. But he was not pleased with them. He was not pleased with them at all. And he quickly lets them know that. For in the verse 12 of Numbers chapter 20. The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. You know, at this point, we could ask an awful lot of questions, and I did, believe me, whenever I was doing my studies. I says, first question number one, why was Aaron blamed as well as Moses. Because we're not told that. We're not told why he was blamed. But he was. And he had a, it was severe judgment uh, came upon Aaron as well as Moses. The, verse, uh, sorry, the second question I want to address is, what happened to Moses? I mean, Numbers chapter 12 and the verse 3 tells us now the man Moses was very meek above all the men that were upon the face of the earth. A mighty man of God, a hero of the faith, had endured great temptations, endured mighty, many amazing things, and yet at this point he fell. What happened to him? That's the second question I want to address. The third question I want to address what was the big sin in smiting the rock instead of speaking to it? What was the big sin in doing that? And that's why I titled this message, What's the Big Deal? After all, did God not command him to smite it in uh, Exodus chapter 17? And of course he did. So he smote it again. What's the big deal? Well, I want to address that. But you're going to have to wait tonight because it's quite lengthy answers, and uh, if you're, that means you're going to have, if you want to know answers to these questions, or at least from my perspective, you're going to have to come back, or at least tune in online uh, to hear the answers to these great questions. So I want you to turn now in your hymn books to 423, 423.
stand to sing. standing for prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for being in the midst this morning, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that thou would be pleased, O God, to use this word and help people, O Lord, to understand. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would be pleased to uh, go with each one now, Lord, and bring them, each one, to their homes in safety. Bless them throughout this day. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring us back together tonight, and that your presence would be in the midst again, and that you would help us, Lord, to further expound this wonderful passage and these two parallel passages. So God, continue with us. Give us thy blessing and thy presence throughout this day. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.